What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. We're going to bring y'all to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram, and I can't tell you how excited I am to announce rejoining us after what seems like a decade, a beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who has covered this Warriors team for more than 11 years and a remarkably longtime friend of this show, Mr. Rusty Simmons. What's going on, Rusty? Has it been that long? I mean, what, over a decade or something? It feels like, it feels like I was just out here yesterday and we were talking about Monte Ellis not getting along with Stephen Curry. Yeah. What happened? It feels like I haven't gotten 30 seconds into the show and you are already disagreeing with me, which is hell of strange. And as long as we're disagreeing, I'll tell you, I was going to make a DeMarcus hair shirt joke, like just right up front, but then I was really worried that you weren't going to get it. So w- would you have rolled with that or what? I would have gotten the joke, but it would have been really off-putting. <laughs> DeMarcus is in a bad spot right oh, now. Okay. The only thing you're allowed to do for DeMarcus <laughs> is feel bad for him. Okay, we're cutting this. Thanks. So you're two for two, <laughs> making me feel terrible for those those of you wondering whether or not I'm using the 19th century mic again, I am not. Also, f*** you, Maxime, for that joke up front last time. Uh, to be perfectly fair, Rusty and I were just hanging out. We're, in fact, in our backyard. I don't have any kind of a setup in my backyard, not our backyard. But the conversation turned warriors, and I figured it would be a rem- just huge waste to not actually get it on tape. So we're going to be going through all things warriors. And, Rusty, a quick update for you. So I'm going to be asking you some prediction questions. But things have kind of changed since the last time we had you on. We've got a master of stat out there, a guy named Matthew Siegel, who not only listens to every pod, but keeps us accountable. So at the end of the year, for example, he will run all of our guesses, give us percentages. You'll be happy to know I came in second last year behind Bonte Hill, which is a little bit bullshit. Okay. But so all of your guesses, all of your predictions will be held accountable for this year. I'm hoping that makes you a little bit nervous. Or Everybody's just playing for second and third now? Uh, behind me, that is. Okay. Well, no, I can only have one place. <laughs> so, yeah, you are playing for second. Uh, let me start easily. And I, I should also warn you, we're going to be bouncing all around. Um, you know how much I miss you. You know how much I love your experience with this team. So we're not just talking this year. We're talking a lot of years prior. But we'll start at least with this year. Let me ask you this, man. Who is the biggest threat? to the Warriors title this year? Houston. Really? It still is. Why? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got <coughs> to admit, I was, I'm as guilty of this as the next guy. I thought when they lost Trevor Ariza and, and had some of the things during the offseason, I thought they got worse. Right. Um, but all of a sudden, P.J. Brown's there, and all of a sudden, Kenneth Farid is playing a different style, and um, they still match up with the Warriors better than anybody uh, in the league, and, and they still create some problems that, that nobody else can can create for the Warriors. Who's a bigger problem, last year's Houston team or this one? Also, could you lean further away from the microphone while you talk? <laughs> I mean, you, you see I'm holding like a phone yeah. that like is probably not picking anything up. You don't have to be all relaxed. You're just talking to the mic. Oh, man, we need Max here so bad to figure this out. <laughs> he like, hates that name, I told you. Also, Maxime's obviously not here, neither is Marcus. But anyways, go ahead. Do I really need to get closer to you, man? Like, <laughs> I didn't say to me. I said to the microphone. No, I mean, you look, you look at Houston right now and... I would. I still look at last year's team and think it was better. 
Um, and I'm, I'm with most of the group that thinks the Warriors would have won last year, even without the Chris Paul injury. Uh, so I, I believe the Warriors will win in the second round this year. But but that's still that's still a problem. Like all of a sudden, if if you lose a game at home and you got to go to Houston, now you're thinking all of a sudden um, if Kevin Durant picks up a couple more technicals and you start worrying about suspensions, if if Kevin Durant doesn't want to shoot all of a sudden and, and you start yeah. worrying about that there now all of a sudden there are actual problems that all these other things you look at the Warriors and they're like ah they'll handle it and they'll handle it within a series and be fine yep. but Houston is one who can make you pay you know what's slowly starting to worry me about Houston and and the off chance that you haven't been listening to the pod all year I mean who knows but it feels like a pretty safe guess how do I get the pod I've been saying to our co-host who also isn't here Marcus I don't believe in Houston I'm not worried about Houston it started with because of the Ariza loss and all those things but what's worrying me now is Houston's no longer talking about the Warriors. All last year, they kept saying, Daryl Morey, this team was built for them. We're coming for the Warriors. Then through most of this, like beginning of the year, they started talking about uh, Harden's MVP. Now they're not talking at all. Now they're just playing with one another. That as an opponent to that team is a little bit concerning. You know, like if they were going to, they're going to really crystallize and start coming after us. This is the way to do it. Uh, Let me straight ask you, let's take the other side of that coin. Why can the Warriors not only beat Houston, but win the title? Well, I, I think, one, I think you're right that, that Houston has stopped worrying about the Warriors. Um, and, and two, I think this is something we're all guilty of, is that we think about the defensive side of the ball, and we've got to stop. Yep. That's antiquated. Huh. What Houston, what, what we just heard Doc Rivers say the other day in the Clippers series was, we've got to outscore them. We've got to play huh. yeah. good enough defense and outscore them. And that's the way the league is going. And that's what Houston can do. Um, so th- that's why Houston could win. That's interesting. Houston yeah. could get in a series where they just play even with them defensively and outscore them. And they have the talent to do that. Uh, but the reason why the Warriors will win is because they have two of the best three players in the world. And they have five of the top ten players in the world. And they're more talented than everybody else. Just literally more talented just, just, than just, any team maybe in history has had at any point ever. Kind of fair to say? Right. Pretty yeah. easy, right? Um, before I get away from that Houston take, because it's a solid one. I mean, in, in some ways then, Mike D'Antoni has been working on the most advanced offense for the better part of 15 years. He has been waiting for a, torn, or a time in the league when they decided defense doesn't matter. Let's just get the ball in the basket within seven seconds or less kind of thing. And how much is that true? The Warriors run part of his offense. Really? Yeah. Why? From when Steve Kerr was uh, exactly right. over in Phoenix. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So huh. that's how much they respect it, right? And the Warriors, you can give D'Antoni credit, and you should, yeah. because that's where it was going. But the Warriors have taken it to another level. They put really skilled players in all of the positions of his offense. To underline that this is, in fact, the Warriors huddle, not the Rockets huddle. Right. I mean, we both I agree. I did say the Warriors are going to win, right? You did. Yeah. I mean, but we've been, like, waxing poetic about Houston for the better part of this first 20 minutes. we got to hype up something at this point. In man. second round, Warriors over Houston and how many? Six. Okay. Um, I'll say five. We'll save it. Hopefully we'll have you on again when we're, when we're looking at that second round series. Now I want to flip the over. The Warriors here. love to go into a hostile environment and win. And they, they love, love to be it. metastasized. They love to they deal do. with some That's kind right. of drama and then ultimately show the world yeah. that this drama meant nothing to them. That's right. Um, but one of the things I wanted to do during this pod, and now I'm going to be transparent, it's not going to be as dramatic because I'm pointing it out, right? But I like the idea of like both sides of the ball. I wanted you to tell me exactly what you said. Best talent I've ever seen ever. And then I was going to ask you this. What's the lowest moment you've ever seen in this franchise? Because there's a lot of people who have been covering this team, most of which, you know, the answer to that would be a, a three-game losing streak. Yeah. But 11 years, man, you know, you started this right after the We Believe team. You've seen some nasty portions. So, 
nastiest time you've seen this team? Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, I remember during the 2015-16 season when they won 24 games to start the year, right? And I remember during that thing thinking there were seasons where they didn't win 24 <laughs> games that I was covering, yep. where they were mathematically eliminated by the All-Star break. I so I saw some bad times. Um, to me, the low was – it ended up being a good, but to me the low was – uh, during the year that they decided, all right, we're not going to win any more games. We're going to shut down Steph. We're not going to bring Andrew Bogut back after the trade. We're just going to play a bunch of scrubs. We're going to lose every game. Um, they started five rookies. It'll never happen again. It will never happen again. But they started five rookies, and they just said, all right, here's our team. <laughs> they win the game? No, of course not. Shocking. Because the whole idea was to lose every game. And they keep, they keep telling everybody, like, we, didn't, we weren't trying to lose. We weren't trying to hold our seven pick. But they did. They lost every game. They had to win a coin flip to keep their number okay. seven pick. I remember they this did season. all this. All right. Correct me if I'm wrong because we a friend of mine uh, and I were taking a bike ride. And we were talking about Oracle memories. And it kind of veered into how the team used to be terrible. Yeah. But I think it was during this year. What I remember is I went to the last game of the regular season. It was at home. We left a little bit early. There was like 30 seconds left on the clock. The, uh, the opposing team came down. They were down one. And the Warriors goaltended at the buzzer to lose. To lose. And the, the stadium gave them a standing ovation right. because they... They wanted the loss, you know, like that's what we needed. It was the it was the savvy fans who recognized we needed that seven pick to flip it back over. All right, so back to the transparency. So now we've established you've seen this whole damn thing where this used to be, where they are now. Who do you credit for this? Now, I'll seed obviously this is it's not one person; it's a team effort. But if you had to select one, the Jerry West, Laco, Steph, one person, who do you point to as the as the reason this thing is where it is now? You you said the right thing when you said that. You can't just single out one person. When it was a hedge, though. When, when you're this good... That was a hedge. It was to give you but, some motivation to give me a real answer. But I will. I will. But you're exactly right that when you're this successful, there's enough credit to go around, right? And you hear it with Coach Kerr. Every time somebody talks about his defense, everybody knows that Ron Adams is brilliant. Everybody knows that what they're doing defensively with, with Draymond Green and now with Andrew Bogut, what they do with Andre Iguodala, it's all brilliant, Right. But every time you talk about the defense, Steve Kerr says, Mark Jackson had something to do with that. And that tells you that... What are you about to tell me right that now? They're so good that there's enough credit to go around. Okay. okay. Now, who hired all the people who are getting credit? Joe Lacob. And I think that's the... that's If you want to single out one person, that's the man. Because he finds the most brilliant people in every single position. And he likes to take a lot of credit. Yeah. But he, takes, he brings on a lot of people who don't take credit. Right? And they're yes. really good at everything they do. So and I think Joe Lacob, if you got to take one guy, it's Joe Lacob. And if you're going to give him credit for one thing, and you kind of helped me realize that just with the way you phrased that, people like Joe Lacob, people who've tasted his kind of success, want to seem like he is successful at everything. Right, that's right. And the kind of guy who will go into a New York Times article and, and explain to that person, I'm light years ahead, also is the kind of guy who wants credit for everything. That's right. For that personality type to be willing to say, you know what, there's people out there who know more about basketball. Like, he, he's not Jimmy Dolan, right? He's not, he's not the guy who's running the Kings. He understands his weaknesses and is willing to actually address them with hires and money, which is a, a very impressive thing. I, I thought you were going to tell me Mark Jackson. I was almost no, 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 positive no. you are going to tell me Mark Jackson. I was going to say this interview is over, which and is he, weird. And he's about the only person in this scenario who would take credit himself. Like, think of all, <laughs> think of all the things that have changed the franchise, right? Yeah. They drafted Steph Curry. Yeah. Larry Riley yeah. tells you it was Don Nelson yeah. who did it. No, really, fair. it was Larry Riley. Yep. Think of the Milwaukee trade. 
Milwaukee could have taken Monte Ellis or Stephen Curry, right? <laughs> yes. They all say it's luck now at the Warriors. Bob Myers will tell you, hey, man, we got lucky on that one. They didn't take the better guard. Fantastic. But if you if you think about all these guys who have actually done something to Fair. change the franchise, they all say it was somebody else. Somebody else did it. Do you know, so I, I used to be furious when they would make Mark Jackson one of the announcers for the Warrior games. But now I'm like perversely entertained by it. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm happily married. My wife and I are doing well. But And this is a strange analogy, but stick with me. So let's assume my wife and I married. We get divorced. She then turns around. Wow. She then turns around, meets the love of her life, has like the greatest relationship of all time. They make that a reality TV show. And then they make me an announcer on that reality TV show. <laughs> and are asking me like, oh, isn't this couple going well? I would also say things like Mark Jackson. Like I taught her how to love. Like she didn't know like where this is going. Like I, I suddenly feel for how lost he is in this situation. I mean, now, you seem a little nervous when I started with the wife analogy. I pulled it out. Come on, I pulled it out. I want to relate with you, but I... I, I pulled it out. You bastard. Mark Jackson's probably a better dude than you. <laughs> there are clearly a number of obvious differences, but the big, bright headline difference would be Cohan v. Lacob. Maybe we've already talked about it. You know, although we've been, in fact, seconds ago, just talked about how Lacob is changing uh, the overall approach. But talk to me about nuts and bolts. So there's very few people who get to see this team on just a basic level, right? And how they've changed over the years. You watched them under Cohan and what that meant on a practice level on a day-to-day. You've now watched them under Lacob on a practice level on a day-to-day. What changes do you see, if any? I mean, is it is it only on the floor or are there other differences oh, on no there. no it's it's remarkably different um i i don't know how nuts and bolts you want to get and i don't know if the listeners will like this but Would like jersey colors or something of, i mean some of joe lakeup's first things that he did were completely change the practice facility um that's where all of the ticket sales public relations community relations everybody works and he completely changed that. He upgraded everything. He created a fishbowl in the middle where people could work, and it was really cool environment. When? When did he change that? Immediately. Immediately. Um, now that long hall that you walk down to go to practice, right, you see it's now called the Blue Mile. And there's right? all those pictures, pictures of all the... Of, yeah. all, of, of warriors who maybe you don't really want to remember. Like, it was a long history of, of bad basketball, but he accepted it all. He took it all in. Um, Pause for a second. What was there before? It was nothing? It was just a... Just white walls. And to describe... And a dirty gray carpet. When you come into the Warriors practice facility, you come in through the Hilton, you go up, I think it's four floors, you come out, you go through security, and then before you get into the practice so there's a long haul. And on that hall are a series of pictures, larger than life pictures, of Warriors. You know, there's Rick Barry, there's Steph, there's also the Run TMC era, there's Antoine Jameson. I mean, there's a number of people. And so before Lakeup, they had none of that history? Just, just blank walls. And uh, right when you walk in, right when you walk in, before you can even get to the Blue Mile, there's silver Golden State Warriors. And that always stuck with me because it looked expensive. It looked like things were changing huh. to me. Um, and then there are the pictures. And it's not like he accepted all the bad stuff because those are just pictures. Uh-huh. The cutouts, the ones that pop out are the Hall of Famers, uh-huh. right? Yep. So it's even that, that even among this, he was saying, I recognize the ones who were really good. Yep. That's what we're going after. We're going after the ones that were really good. And he's collecting trophies. There's also a series of magazine covers and television covers trumpeting the championships yeah. and the signings and those kind of things. When you first saw it, so you come in, we're coming on on you know, decades of ineptitude. Um, Larry Ellison got outbid. Yep. You know, All of us are a little bit pissy. And now we've got Lakeham coming in. You see all this now new pomp and circumstance. Did you think to yourself, oh, great, like things have changed? Or did you think cosmetic bullshit, it's not going anywhere? Exactly that. Yeah, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Um, you have to remember the day that Joe Lakeham bought the team, he called me and we were talking about it. And he said, we want to be the preeminent franchise on the West Coast. <laughs> 
And you got to imagine, as someone who had covered the Warriors, how stupid that sounded. <laughs> like, you're going to be better than the oh, Lakers? God. Like To me, it was absurd. I remember when he pointed at the rafters and said, we need to put a couple more right. championships That's up right. there. It's like, oh, okay. Right. How about we like, sign some alligators that could play center? Like, there's, this is not right. going to happen. Also, and, and soon after that, they signed, signed Nike Moore, yeah. who had crocodiles at his house. Yeah. That's factually so, accurate. Yeah. And an old school story from the pod. Also, I love your pseudo humble brag. Also, right when Lakeup bought the team, he called me. Yeah. You know what, how many times Lakeup's called me? Zero times. Zero times he has called me. Well, your Seems phone, like you're going to say something nasty Your now. phone probably needs to accept <laughs> unknown callers. I'm sure he's calling you right now. Okay, that's, that is completely true. But but I think that's the thing is that even among the pop pomp and circumstance, you have to realize that even in that he was already recognizing the greatness. Right? It's only the Hall of Famers who have the cutouts. Yep. Um, in the gym, there used to be banners for people who were in slam dunk competitions. Literally, they they didn't have all stars, so they had people who were in slam dunk competitions. Now it's you mean cha- Jason Richardson? Now, I mean, yeah. now it's championship banners that are up there. So, so he recognized that stuff from the beginning, and it's stuff that, admittedly, during the time when he was doing it, I was like, "Come on, man! You don't know anything. You haven't been in this league. What are you talking about?" But now that I look back on it, ten years later, I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Well, and the culture that he was creating, I remember in a similar vein, and this is going to seem off base since I was just shit housing Mark Jackson. But I remember when he first came in, Mark Jackson talked about how important it was that they win in summer league, and it seemed like such a ridiculous stance who cared but what he was talking about was establish that winning matters don't throw this out the window and it sounds like Lakeup was doing a very similar thing I was going to save this till later let me ask you now how long do you foresee this change so how many years before today before the Warriors are sub 500 I'm not sure that they ever will ever yeah the Warriors are smart enough to realize that in the NBA you don't want to be in the middle ground, right? It's something. It's not. I'm not the one coming up with this. Mark Cuban said this decades ago. You mean where they were for about 15 yeah, years? You know, and yeah, the, the worst thing you can possibly be in the NBA is just on the cusp of the playoffs or just making it, right? Because then you don't get the top draft picks and and you can't build your team. You get the Yuri Welches of the world. That's and right. Nothing, that's, yeah, that's what flips. you end up. Yeah. You end up with Anthony Randolph and all this. Stuff. Who I loved yeah. and still don't so understand why he wasn't an All Star, but right. whatever. It's awful. It's an awful place to be. So. Part of me thinks that the Warriors probably understand that, and if things got bad, they would drop off like they did the year that we're talking about when they tried to hold on to their number one, number seven pick and did that. Um, but I don't think this team will ever do it. Like We even look into this summer where they could lose Kevin Durant, where Draymond Green could come to him a year from his extension and say, I need it now. And so then they got to move him because they're not going to pay him that. And so now all of a sudden you lose your entire front court. And to me, the Warriors wouldn't backfall. They would all of a sudden figure out a way to go get Anthony Davis. They they are always thinking four steps ahead of everybody else. And I'm not sure they would ever have to take the full drop off. They would always think of what's the next step. Let's talk about it right now. All right. It's an obvious topic. Let's start with KD. What's the biggest reason he stays? I guess he listens to the pod. I mean, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't have the. the it's not. I don't think there's not a the, reason. I, it, so just just to make sure, check them off with me. The fact that is the most technologically advanced, nicest arena on earth is opening next year. He doesn't care. Okay, the most money you could possibly receive out of any team. Doesn't care. The best shot of the champion. He's not paid by the Warriors. He makes so much more money in Silicon Valley. Okay, and, well that's well, will he lose contract. that opportunity? No. He's Kevin Durant. Okay, how about the best surrounding um, cast that you could possibly have? He doesn't have? care. Is that really true? Yeah, he doesn't care. You are breaking my heart. So what's the biggest reason he leaves? For all the other reasons. What? For what? Give me one. Give me the, something that makes sense. The same, the same decisions that he's made his whole life, right? He thought that 
he wanted to be out of Russell Westbrook's shadow. He thought that Oklahoma City was getting tough on him for not getting past the next step. Okay, well, now he thinks that he wants to get out of Stephen Curry's shadow. Now he thinks that he'll never get any credit while he's here. He's going to be the two-time finals MVP and still not get any credit. I don't I I always the reason I thought he was coming to the Warriors and you remember I said this before he ever came yep. the reason I thought he was coming is that I don't think he's an alpha yep. I don't think he wants to be the man and so that's perfect go to New York with Kyrie you're not the man you still get to be but you get to soak off that a little bit and be the person who changed the franchise and he'll always get credit for that there and he's right in thinking that if you had to bet a mortgage payment on where Kevin Durant starts next season you would put it on what I would say New York although we just talked to Jerry West, and man, that guy can close a deal. So I wouldn't put, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put the Clippers too far out of it. <laughs> that kills me. If I have to watch Steve Bomber root for KD yeah. in our stadium, well, that's another one who has oh, a relationship I with do. KD. Right? I would not be able to handle that well yeah. in any way, shape, or form. But half of his, half of his, what he considers his family is working for the New York Knicks. Like. We're Literally all, working for yeah, the New York. Give me some examples. We're, who, all, we're all silly to think that who, that's not where he's going. Who is? Uh, I'm sorry. Say that again. Are you, do you really believe? I mean, of more course. than in your mind, more than 75 percent chance he leaves. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gone. More than 90 percent chance. Yeah, he leaves? he's gone. Who's currently? Have you seen him play basketball recently? You know what's really bothered me? Um, and I'll make this analogy and, and forgive me for it, but there's a friend of mine who I'll take vacations with, and he is childish occasionally. And so we'll all be out there, and he'll make it obviously known that he's not having fun in a scenario that we should all be having there fun in. And nobody else, none of my other friend base, they just kind of ignore it. I feel personally responsible for him. When I watch Warriors games, it feels like I'm on vacation with that friend. It feels like I'm watching somebody who should really be enjoying every second of this and instead wants to be noticed that he's not enjoying it and is sticking out on purpose. And I guess that's why I would give the Warriors the 5% chance that they can figure out a way to keep him is – all of a sudden, in Game Three, Kevin Durant shot the ball when he was supposed to. Yeah, what? The- Hand gave high fives to his teammates, yep. loved up some guys, yep. kept some guys from technicals, yep. and all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, he's engaged." So what but, happened? But that's once every ninety games. But why? What? Why does that? Ma- so I noticed the exact. Why, same why was thing. he unhappy in Oklahoma City? I have no idea. Exactly. I have no exactly. idea. I also have no idea, um, and I'm going to screw this up because my Warriors history is bad, but I remember, I think it was after the 75 championship, one of the reasons they didn't repeat was because Rick Barry refused to shoot in the Western Conference Finals. Right. Okay? And there was moments with Kevin Durant where it felt like that, where he wanted to be noticed that you need me, but I'm not going to do this. Although Rick tells the story a different way. Rick says that he was he was terrible. He was missing shots left and right, and so he finally decided that he was going to pass the ball. Wasn't it that he was going to fight and then nobody had his back? Yeah. That's that's the way I remember. There are, there are there are a couple stories, and that's probably the way we'll look at this history. We'll probably look at it and be like, "Oh man, remember those days that Kevin Durant became a facilitator?" Yep. But that's not what's going on. Give me your. The story. guy is the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA. Shoot the ball. He is better at scoring, and I've made this joke before, uh, than I am at anything. That I am at speaking right, into this right. microphone. That's that right. I am at putting on my shoes or eating the steak we're currently making. Like these there is nothing. Good examples. They are really. They are bad phenomenal. No, they are phenomenal examples. And I hate you. And I don't know why I haven't said that much earlier in this conversation. Um, give me the starting lineup. So Chase. I mean, we are we we are months away from them opening this. This ode to Kevin Durant. If I'm being totally frank, there's a reason why I played down the money I had to on the PSL, and it wasn't because Kevin Durant was 90 percent out of here. So, your guess: who is the Warriors starting five opening night? Chase Center. Well, you got to find a whole new front court, right? Well, are you saying Draymond's gone for sure? 
Uh, yeah, if I had to guess, I would I would bet they trade him in the offseason. Why? I would bet because he wants his money now. I would bet he goes to him and says, "Look, I'm a year away, and I need I need the money." And and they're going to look at him and say, "Hey, man, we we can't we can't we can't give you the max extension." And so, do you want an unhappy Draymond? Because that would filter into everything. So I'm, I'm guessing they. You don't think him. he would be vocal, right? I, He'd probably I, just fit I'm, in and not I'm say anything. Guessing he would be very ferocious. <laughs> yes. So then answer the question: Who's our starting five? Uh, your your backcourt is Steph's the same. there, Steph and Clay, uh, and then you have Rudy Gay because uh, yeah. Steph loves him yeah. and that and makes, he'll be available. That makes sense. And but he won't be starting for longer than the opening night. Right. He'll, he'll be out to the playoffs so, after that. Okay. And then Kevon Looney and Damian Jones. Can Love they it. can they keep Kevon? Won't he get yeah. paid? Oh, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. But he'll by get the paid here. Yeah, he's got full bull, uh, bird rights. So yeah, the Warriors are going to pay him whatever it takes. This is. Not as important. That's the thing. The Warriors will pay guys. There's no problem with that. But they're not going to pay guys who are a year away from their contract. Or And in Kevin Durant's situation, they can't pay him if he wants to leave. Well, and you've also pointed out what they won't be is middling. They're either they're, either they're yeah. swinging for the fences right. or they're or they're taking a strike three, but they're not. They don't want they don't want people on base. They either want to be winning yeah. or not. You know, that, that's the other thing with with the starting lineup. I give I struggled you. through that baseball analogy. Did yeah, you think it, it landed? Terrible. No, no, it wasn't terrible. Coach I mean, Curry it almost hit there. Coach, don't don't feel bad. Coach Kerr did one the other day where he mine was better than this. Baseball and football in the same. Mine landed. He was trying to talk I feel about like, basketball. Did you not hear me? Because I felt like mine landed. Awful. No, that's not true. But that, you're smart in saying that they, they will swing for the fences because in the starting lineup I give you, it brings back four similar players, and that's probably not the Warriors' way. I, I didn't believe that they could get rid of Brandon Rush and Andres Biedrins and Richard Jefferson in order to make room for Andre Iguodala, right? <laughs> they got rid of those terrible, three terrible contracts to make that move. To Utah, so, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, so they're probably already thinking of things I can't even imagine. Because I wouldn't even consider it because they would be so preposterous and they'll find a way. You have already seen it with the Andrew Bogut thing. Yep. I mean, I'm overusing the phrase, yeah. but the light years thing, the idea that they would look at a team that they knew had Boogie and Boogie wanted to establish himself as the playoff force that he didn't get a chance to establish himself as. And they still thought, no, 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 we're going to need like This on its own is not going to do it, which and, you have to. And improve. isn't that perfect Warriors, right? That they, they wanted Robin Lopez. They wanted Pau Gasol, right? And Draymond tells him, no, let's go get Andrew Bogan. Yep. And you know Bob Myers had a lot to do with that move. But yep. Bob Myers says, no, if it wasn't for Draymond, we would have never made that move. Hell and that's yes. all them. They always give credit to somebody else. And they've been spending all year pseudo pushing Draymond away. Mm-hmm. You know, with the way that they suspended him, all that. So this kind of a move could be really important to him, which leads me to this question. A while back, you told me one of the reasons that David West was so important is that he helped keep uh, Draymond in check, not just mentally, but physically, literally. Obviously, D. West is not there. Is there anyone in this locker room who is currently fitting that role? They just brought him back. What do you mean they just brought him back? Folks. Oh, uh, I thought you meant David West. No, and no, I was going to be hell of embarrassed. It's it's exactly. Is that one of the reasons they one, did? One of the first things I talked to Andrew Bogut about at the facility was, you're the only one who can tell Draymond to shut up, right? And he is. He's the only one. There are other people who can say it. One of them is seven foot, two hundred seventy pounds, and will choke you. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's the guy yep. who will do it. Who's the other one? That's it. I mean, with Steph, there's other people who can tell him. To That's shut what up. I mean. That's what I'm asking you. Like, yeah. So, is there anyone who actually would? Let me. Let Every me, once in a while, Steph will say something. I'm dancing yeah. around the bush, um, and let me stop doing that. Uh, one of the things everyone's talked about all year is that there's a lack of chemistry within this team. And would you agree with that? Let me start there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Did yeah. you want to check your phone again? Yeah, I mean, dude, we're sitting here and having a great conversation. This fool is checking his phone. Getting a text from Blake up about it. Totally <laughs> unacceptable. Was he saying I'm trying to reach Bram, but he yeah. won't pick up my said, phone well, call? Or? Why won't this guy answer me? <laughs> okay. Um, but one of the things that everyone keeps pointing out to me is, yeah, the chemistry's off, which is interesting for a team that prides itself principally on chemistry. And we can point a lot of things that, that Durant's leaving, that Draymond has caused drama, but here's my somewhat controversial question. Steph gets lauded for a million reasons, all for right. You know, they're, they're all justifiable. One of the things we talk about Steph is that he's this unifying force. He's one of the reasons the Warriors have, have this affable background. Right. Can we blame him for the lack of chemistry? Is there any mud we can splash his direction? Yeah, I, I, I can come up with it. Okay. I mean, it's very hard to ever take a shot at Stephen Curry because, as Andre Godala says, he's like the second coming. <laughs> but here's the difference. Um, Stephen Curry now has a family with three kids his parents are out here that that's where he wants to spend his time and if you want to take a shot at him that's on you right but it does change the dynamic of the locker room for sure right it's no longer curry's boys what are we doing where are we going right he's not there um and and a lot of the guys have followed suit a lot of the guys now have families and kids and are doing that but there are some who don't and there's no way that kevin durant there are there (laughs) there's no way that the guys who aren't family guys who aren't spending time at home are going to follow a guy who's not around. Yep. And that's simple. No, it makes perfect sense. How many titles will they win in... Uh, let me, let me, I was going to say how many titles will they win in Chase, and let's not leave it open-ended. Not counting this year, how many titles will the Warriors win over the next 10? Not counting this year. Uh, one. It's hard. It's really hard. It's not still, given what we've been talking about, that's still a huge compliment it's, to Lakeup. Yeah, yeah but, it's, but it's really hard, man. We're, we're not going to see what we're seeing right now ever again. They're not going to win. They're going to win this year. But never again are they going to win four and five years. I mean, that, it's really hard. Let's um, break this up and give you something that's a little bit more fun as opposed to serious and nasty. So I got a new Good. segment for you. You one. made me take a shot at Stephen Curry for loving his it family. It wasn't a shot. Come I never on. feel like it was a shot at all. Terrible. I made you check your phone I'm for sorry, no reason. Steph, but sorry, sorry. We, uh, we have a new segment on the show. It is called Pick Your Squad. And in that segment, I present you either with a problem or a solution. Then you get to pick a player to get yourself through the problem or to take advantage uh, of the solution or the, or the opportunity, right? In this instance, it is both a problem and an opportunity. Opportunity. You have a job interview for whatever job you feel to be the most important thing in your life. You want giraffe this. Giraffe wrangler. Okay, giraffe wrangler, whatever it is. We don't care what it is. But you have an opportunity, and it is crazy, crazy important to you. The problem is that the other person who is interviewing for this show is not only as equally qualified as you, maybe maybe more Qualified. Like no, he, he might. Well, that's just it's the, the setup to the actual segment. Now, here is the upside: you get to pick a player to be your Baduti Brown okay. to like sit in your corner, tell you how great you are, and and you get to pick a player to talk in your opponent's ear okay. to make them feel terrible about themselves before they go into the interview. All right, okay. give me the person who's going to psych you up first. What player would be the the best guy to tell you you're amazing? You, you're going to be really surprised by this. Because my opinion has changed. Okay. Um, I want DeMarcus Cousins to be my hype man. Oh, I so, am very surprised by I'm, that. I'm working on a story about Rasay Caldwell, <laughs> who's Cal women's basketball point guard. And she works for an internship with the Warriors. And she's doing a lot of front office stuff and advanced scouting and everything. But she also goes down on the court. 
and works out pick and roll and uh, works on a bunch of things with the players. And she said, I knew I made it when DeMarcus Cousins started talking trash to me and talks about how much that hyped her up. So I want DeMarcus to talk trash <laughs> totally. to me and get me going. I feel like you didn't understand the question. What? That this was is good. someone telling you you're great, yeah. not like telling you you're terrible. No, but that's some like that's uh, what works for you. You have some kind of like sick personality that Luke you need Walton someone to tell you. always say about Draymond, <laughs> I have to I have to talk trash to him to get him going. All right. That's it. Give me the other side to this coin. All right. So if you wanted somebody to shit out your opponent, who right. would you talk to? I don't know. Maybe you? <laughs> I didn't play in the NBA. Oh. This is awful. Not Gary. You don't have like Peyton, somebody like that. Oh, uh, Gary Payton's a good one. <laughs> okay. You're just, just going to take that? Yeah, or? That sounds good. That did not work out as well as I, I mean, wanted I got, it to. I, I'm really throwing off my game because you made me make fun of Stephen still? Curry. You're still on that? His family. All right, yeah. Here, we'll go in a different direction, and this will involve uh, DeMarcus. Although, I don't want you to take any shots at DeMarcus, so know that now. Who's a better fit for this team, DeMarcus Cousins or Andrew Bogut? Bogut, for sure. No question? Yeah. Does this injury help him? Help the Warriors? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, automatically their defense gets better just, just by Bogut's voice. That's without anything physically that he's doing. And I'll tell you, in Game 3, he surprised me, Bogut, um, by being able to switch on to smaller players. There's a series where he switches on to Danilo Gallinari yeah. and guards him yeah. one-on-one. There's one where he's in an ISO situation with Harrell and takes a charge, and it's like that, that wasn't Andrew Bogut I've ever seen no. before. Like on, on top of being a voice and a rim protector, he can now do what the current NBA makes you do as a big guy, right. and that's guard little players. Huh? Um, Steve Kerr, Hall of Fame coach? Ooh, that's a good one. Um I yes. think he, he will be by, yes. by the time he's done. Just because yeah. his credentials are nothing else. Yeah. All right. Over if he under, does it long enough, but I don't know if he wants to do it that long. Over under three years. Will he still be the Warriors three coach? Three more years. Uh, he'll, he'll be involved in the NBA somehow. Yeah. Warriors coach. Over under three years. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like an under. I mean, it's so hard because like, he's got health and family and other things to deal with. So, yeah, I don't know. Can we agree that hummus is terrible? Hummus is brilliant. It's what you should bring to every party. So that you know, at one point, Reggie told us, that's the most common thing to bring to a party. Nobody brings hummus to a party. It's delicious. It's good for you. And you can make a wheel of it that includes, like, different flavors. (laughs) The person who invented hummus, and I have no idea who it is, knows not to bring it to a party. Well, I think everybody should be farming fava beans or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like nobody should be farming fava beans. You could take any player Is that out. What goes into hummus? I have no idea. I just told you I hate hummus. No. You could take any player out to dinner. It's a delicious treat. Who would you take? Well, obviously Steph, so that I could go to <coughs> International Smoke. That's where we want to go, right? Get over it. Where will Anthony Davis end up? Oh, that's a good one. I, uh, I, still the Lakers. That's where he's going to go. Who wins uh, more titles from this point forward, Steph, KD, or LeBron? Oh, you're going to get mad at me because Steph's going to win a couple in Charlotte. (laughs) When is he going to Charlotte? I'm just kidding. You know, I used to always say that about his career. I was like, uh, he's one of those players who could stay around for 20 years because... His game translates. He can stand in the corner He'll play and be at least a weapon. One year yeah. in Charlotte. I think I think he might do that at some yeah. point. Although his family's out here now, so I know he's still like at the All Star game. He's like, this is kind of going home. Yeah. But maybe that was it. Maybe that was his homecoming. You know. Um, so I'm not sure that's true anymore. His, I mean, his family lives here now. Steph, KD, or LeBron? I'm going to make you answer that. Wins the most titles from here on from out. From here on out. Steph, no question. Yeah. Last thing. Um, and it's one of my favorite topics. You've done it with me before. Story time with Uncle Rusty. I'm going to give you three names. You pick one. Give me a story. Monte, Don Nelson, Steph Curry. Oh, I got good ones for all that. Pick it. You give me three, give me one, your call. 
someday I'll come back and tell you the story about uh, Nelly making me smoke a cigar. That was a disaster. <laughs> what was in that cigar? You, uh, you, you can you can bring us up to speed. Whatever it was, watered out of my eyes. It was disgusting. <laughs> Um, but I, I'll tell you one about Monte, and it's something that, that we talked about that, that made sense now. Like, looking back on it, we all remember Monte and Steph's career as being media day, right? <laughs> yeah. Like media day. Career. You mean the day that Monte said he couldn't play with him? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, that was supposed to be the way it was, that relationship. It was it was Monte saying, this isn't going to work. And he was right. The two guards were never going to play together. But, but he was taking shots. He was saying, I can't play with another spindly small guard. This is never going to happen, right? On a day that's known for, let's just have fun let's and have be fun. cool. Everybody might go undefeated yes, this year. That's dude, what media exactly day is all right. about. Um, but I remember his second year of uh, Monte's wife stepping into the situation and saying, look, man, you got to make this work. And going to Steph and Aisha and being like, look, this has to work. And, and that changed everything. And I, I remember, I, I didn't think Steph would walk in, even though I, I realized that he was going, we believe jerseys, the last five games yeah. at Oracle. Yep. I still didn't think he was going to wear Monte me Ellis. Me neither. Okay. But to me, when he walked in and he started explaining that Monte was the man, he was the guy did he mean when it? he was there. I think he did. I think he did mean it. And I think that relationship got repaired when Monte's wife stepped in and said, look, this has to work. That's amazing. And it also really tells you more about Monte than I ever knew. I, I mean, you and I talked before we went hot on the mice. I thought that Steph was trolling Monte when he wore that jersey on the final day at Oracle. I don't think he was. And it would have made more sense if Draymond stole his Jay Rich jersey. Yep. He could. He would have worn. That's where I thought they were going to crescendo. He, he would have worn five straight We Believe jerseys. Huh. So it got thrown off a little bit there. Because I started thinking. I didn't realize that's what he was doing. And I started thinking, oh, he might do Chris Mullen. Yeah, or right. Somebody from, yeah. Or he might do Manute Bowl sure. to make a big. Yeah, pick, right? sure. but, but Ronnie Cycling was Ronnie Cycling. No, that was ne- never, no, that never, that never in consideration. Mm, that's weird. But, but when he wore another We Todd Believe Fuller. jersey, uh, Todd Fuller Todd was Fuller's one of them. One. I was thinking Good. about that yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, when he when he wore another <laughs> We Believe jersey, and it was the guy who introduced him to the league, I was like, oh, okay, I got to figure out. And then he reminded me of the story of uh, th- this is a guy who, yeah, we had that bad start to it but then his family fixed it and everything was going to be fine would have been too much if steph had wrote a moped on the way in do you think uh, oh that would have been brilliant too soon and no the crazy thing is (laughs) the the last the last uh show i saw from prince at oracle arena he kept riding this bike into it and it reminded me of the moped moped. that would have been perfect (laughs) it would have all come together steph has that bike probably he probably could have drove that in and it would have made perfect sense rusty i miss you i am positive I'm not the only one who did. I'm also equally as positive that there are a lot of people out there who need more Rusty Simmons in their life. If I am right about that, where should they turn? Where can they find you? Yeah, same place. I write for the Chronicle. Do you have a Twitter account or anything else? Or? Yeah, there's some stuff out there. Nothing else. That's just going to leave it right there. Well, I am n- nowhere near as bashful as you know. You want to tell us we did a good job, bad job, hate us, love us, anything. We can hit it up at uh, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our Twitter account remains at warriorshuddle. If you want to support us with more than your time, hit up Patreon. Type in Warriors Huddle. You can support us for less than a dollar a month. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. You are in my will for those of you who are actually doing it. With that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully... We'll see you next week. Good, good. 
what's special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.